right, today on the podcast, we're going to recap the Missouri State High School Activities Association Wrestling State Championships. And joining us today are some folks that know wrestling, high school wrestling in Missouri, inside and out. Assistant Executive Director in charge of wrestling, Greg Stahl. Greg, welcome. Good day. Good to be with you. Our Director of Communications, Jason West. Hi, Jason. Hello. And our guest expert today is one of the PA announcers for our state championships, but really a a wrestling guru because she's a PA announcer for a number of our high school events, a number of collegiate events, a a number of national events. She knows the sport inside and out. Dorothy Mayab, welcome. Hey, Jason. So we are, uh, all three of us were there, all all four of us, excuse me, were there. I know the least, although I, you know, I've, I've been a school person, had wrestling and, and enjoyed watching the championships this year. But let's talk about, first of all, just the change in format. We went from a three-day event to a four-day event with the addition of another class of girls wrestling. We had two two-day tournaments. We've talked about this prior to today on the podcast before the wrestling championships. How did it go? How did the new format go? What was the feedback? How did it feel from your perspective? in the four-day, two two-day event championships? Well, I'll start off, Jennifer. And again, thanks for having us on the podcast today. You know, as it relates to the state wrestling championships, anytime you have a significant change in what's traditionally been done, there's some hesitation, typically, especially from the wrestling community. We are all, including myself, we are creatures of habit. We are traditionalists. We don't like change. And again, that includes me. You know, the writing was on the wall that at some point when a sport grows to the point that you can no longer fit that square in a round hole, so to speak, as it relates to your state tournament format, change is inevitable. And that was essentially what was on the table this year. When we added the second classification of girls this year to the state championships, we essentially went from five total classes to six total classes, that being four classes of boys and two classes of girls, which immediately erased any vision whatsoever of remaining a three-day state tournament format. So we had to go to a four-day state tournament format just because of the sheer number of wrestling matches that we had to pull off at the event. Back in October, myself, along with a committee of individuals, got together and hashed out a number of pros and cons about bringing everybody to the site for four straight days or splitting it in half, essentially, small schools, big schools type approach, and bringing the small classes for two days and the big classes for two days. So that's the that's the direction we went. That's the format we went with. We worked our way through it. A lot of that format, because we were in uncharted waters, was as close to great guesstimates as we could make, especially when it comes to the time schedule. Overall, now that we've been through it, I think it's kind of neat for me to be able to report that all of our speculated start-stop times as it relates to each round throughout every day of the tournament we were 10 to 15 minutes either way, early or just a, a just a touch late beyond what we predicted we would get done with a round. When you're talking about the sheer volume of matches that we run at the state tournament, I will take 10 to 15 minutes either way of your projected starter in time all day long, every day of the week. So we were pretty happy. Ultimately, where our time schedule fell, there are some tweaks 
that we're going to be able to make in moving forward. You don't know what you don't know, you know, when you're using a new format. And once you go through a new format, like we did this year, you're able to take a lot of notes, put a lot of things on your radar for the following year, do what you can do to control what you can control to make things better moving forward. The last thing I'd say about the format is, you know what, this has been this has been a huge topic in the wrestling community since we announced it last fall. And probably the easiest thing I've come up with to share with folks is that you really have one of two options. You need to either one, be grateful and excited that our sport is growing in Missouri, which unfortunately results in us using a new format that's different from what we used to. Or two, you need to start rooting for a decline in wrestling participation that forces us to drop our number of classes that allows us to go back to a three-day format. And I hope with all my heart that nobody roots for option number two. You know, it, it is what it is, but, you know, big picture, we're talking about what we're talking about right now regarding format changes because our sport has grown in Missouri. And it's not just on the girls' side. Our participation numbers on the boys' side have grown as well, and, and we're all really excited about that, I think. Dorothy, from your perspective, how did you experience the changes? Well, I'm not as politically correct as Greg is, so but we all knew that. You were pre-warned. You know what? It was really, really long days. It was long days for everybody that worked, but I know there were so many people that had even longer days than I did, you know? I know they didn't get out because the overtime basketball game on Tuesday night. What was it, Greg? 3.30 in the morning when you guys walked out and you were back by 6 to make sure weigh-ins were ready. So, look, it wasn't what anybody wanted, right? When when wrestling grows and you have to make changes, you want to try and figure out how you can make everybody happy. Well, we all know that's not going to happen, right? But normally you have a girls' state championship somewhere, a boys' state championship somewhere, and that was the plan. You showcase the girls, you showcase the boys, Everybody's got a great venue. Everybody's got a great state tournament and everybody as close as you can get is happy. And, you know, things happened and it, it didn't work out that way. And I just look at it as Greg was presented with a pretty no win situation. Right. So, hey, you're not going to have two state championships now. You're not going to have this venue. Oh, you're not going to have the plan B venue either. So what's your plan C or your plan D? And I. I just think that, like Greg said, we're all creatures of habit. We've all been around a long time. We're used to certain things. When we went from three classes to four classes, everybody went crazy because the schedules changed, you know? So then we added in the girls and then it was five classes and everything changed. And now it's six. And I just think that we did the very best we could with the situation we were given. Do you want Mizzou Arena? You've got to put them all together okay, we've got to bump it back a weekend. Okay, we have to add a day. But everybody still gets to be at Mizzou Arena. Everybody still gets to compete on the big floor. Everybody still gets Mark and Keith to do the announcing. Everybody still gets the the mats, the, the dog bone, the configuration, the lights, the smoke. You know, they still got all of those things. Was it fantastic to see a small crowd on Wednesday morning? No, not necessarily. But they all got to have Mizzou Arena. They all got to have the finals. And a lot of people worked really, really, really hard to make sure that those kids had that opportunity. So it's like Greg said, either either you learn to adjust and you adapt and, and you're grateful for the fact that it's grown so much that we even have this problem, or you sit in the background and don't contribute and you complain. 
I think they did a great job with what they had. We had six classes, four classes of boys, two classes of girls. That means we had 14 state champions in each of those six classes. And in a handful of those, we had some four-time state champions. Maddie Kubecki from Park Hill South. And Maddie, I believe, was our second undefeated girls wrestler for her four years. On the boys' side, we had three young men that were, were buying for four-time champions, and that was Colin Arch from Palmyra, Sam Ewing from Pleasant Hill, and Alexander Rollo from Whitfield. Okay, Dorothy, you had some information to input on maybe one of those girls. I mean, just obviously being a girl, kind of get lumped in with them anyway. So both amazing individuals. I mean, Haley Ward, we're super excited to watch her wrestle at the University of Iowa next year. Four-timer for Fort Osage. Great, great human. I mean, Maddie Kabicki, I've known her even longer than that. So still anxiously awaiting where she is going to wrestle next year. So she has not told anybody that. But yeah, you know, Faith was a, an undefeated four-timer last year. And now Maddie's an undefeated four-timer this year. And she's just a, she's a super special kid, you know. I didn't expect her to run across the arena and grab me while I was attempting to broadcast the other girls' championship match. But I just... I always say wrestling's family and she's, she's just, she's a special kid. She's family. So pretty neat. Anytime there's a four timer, it's neat, but when it's somebody that you really care about, it makes it a bigger deal. Yeah. So we've got, like I said, we were 14 champions in each of those classes and only five came out this year as four time champions. Okay. Team champions. Class one, Carney over Brookfield, Cassville finished third and Cameron came in fourth, which that marked the, the first time that we had somebody different there on the podium. That was the first championship for Carney. Also, Brookfield, that was the first time that they had finished in the top four on the girls' side, as well as Cassville. Cameron had been there a couple of years ago, but the top three teams, that was the first time their girls' program had earned a trophy. In class two, Lebanon won over Marquette, followed by Liberty. And Nixa finished in the fourth slot for the Class 2. On the boys' side, Centralia got back on the top podium for the team uh, with 194.5 points. Brookfield was second. St. Pius X out of Kansas City finished third. And Father Tolton Regional Catholic finished fourth with 92 points. Uh, In Class 2, we had Pleasant Hill winning in a uh, nice race with Mid Buchanan who finished second, Odessa finished third, and St. Genevieve came in fourth. For Class 3, Hillsboro kind of took control early and beat Whitfield. For second place, in third place, Belton, and in fourth place, Hannibal rounded out the top four. In Class 4, Liberty, followed by Francis Howell Central, Staley finished third, and Lafayette Wildwood finished fourth. Okay, thanks. Any Anything that stands out to you, Greg or Dorothy, on the team standing? Greg, I'll let you go first. Well, I just think, one, it's it, it's kind of cool when, when a school gets to experience both their boys and their girls being in the top four. I think that's kind of a neat deal for, like, Brookfield High School with their boys and girls both finishing second place as a team. You know, that that's another – element of excitement that really the addition of girls wrestling has brought. It is so rewarding and really heart-filling to me 
to watch the girls root so hard for their guys from their school and the guys root so hard for the girls from their school. I think it's just brought on another level of excitement, really, in the team competition because we have both genders present now, not only as individuals, but in a team race, which I think is really the cherry on top for our state championships is that team points race. Just about every breathing body in the stands is, is watching the team point race. Whether they're in it or not, there's always an interest in, and a desire there by just wrestling fans in general to keep up with and stay in tune with the team race that's going on, regardless of classification and regardless of gender. You know, there's a number of school. the Hillsboro, that's, that's their first team championship, I believe, in, in boys wrestling. So I know, I know that community was really excited. In addition, you know, continue to see not only some traditional wrestling schools continue to find themselves in the top four, but it's also exciting that you still get to continue to see some schools make it in the top four that's traditionally not there every year. You know, another thing we witnessed this year is mid-buck just by the Sheer number of students was very close to that class one, two break. And they've been in class one wrestling for as long as I can remember. And they get pushed to class two this year and they hit the ground running and they're, they're competing beyond just competing from the get go in the next class higher. So, you know, congratulations to them. I, I think a lot of people got mid buck on their radar for, for their run. They were able to make being bumped up a class this year. But I think another neat story, you know, the the family impact on the sport of wrestling. I know on the girl side, in class one girls, Moberly had a finalist, the Gibbs girl. And her dad, Charlie, is the head coach and her mother is the assistant coach. So during the state finals match, you had daughter wrestling, undefeated state champion wrestling for a state championships. And there's her mom and her dad who are the coaches at the school. So that's kind of a neat storyline too, I thought. Let's keep going down that line because as many champions as we crowned, we also placed out six places. We had over 1,300 wrestlers over the course of four days. Oftentimes, I, you know, I, I think the, the state championship experience for you know, the vast majority of wrestlers, they're not winning the, the championship. They're not even in the, in the finals. But it's still a, a special, memorable experience for them. And we hear, you know, we see certain storylines and, and certainly Dorothy, you to, and, and Greg as well, to kind of know what that story is before they get to Mizzou Arena. Wrestling is a sport that really is accessible to students who may not have access to other sports. Referring to the kid from Lee Summit North who wrestled and, and I was told that, and you tell me if I'm right, but I was told that was the first student to make it to the final from Lee Summit North, the wrestling final. And that was from one of the coaches, so don't quote me on that. But he's wrestling for a state championship with one leg that is not, not the same as his other leg. He wrestled with a sock foot. He has a shorter leg than another. And here he is wrestling for a state championship. Charlie Dykes, I believe, is that young man's name from Lee Summit North. I can't go on record on whether that's their first state finalist or not. But Jen, I would echo the fact that if we look throughout the course of the past several years, I can think of a number of wrestlers that have made it to the state championships 
and meddled, if not made it to the finals, that were not 100% total able-bodied individuals, if, if that's the accurate way to put that. They had some form of, you know, a handicap or disability of some nature, whether it's a birth defect or whether it's a, you know, accident that had caused a loss of limb or something of that nature. And, and you're right. This, this sport has, has really provided a platform for individuals that have overcome substantial odds. The odds are not on their side walking out on the mat without full limbs like, like the rest of their opponents. I can think back a number of years ago, I, there was a kid from Marquette that I believe was a double amputee below the knees, if I recall correctly, that made it to the state finals. Just amazing. You know, we're, we're talking about this, I think, in general. I mean, I had a college wrestling teammate of mine from Tennessee that had one leg and was a state champion and a collegiate All-American. And it just, it just explodes your heart to be able to see people overcome the odds and be able to reach those levels of achievement in, in the sport of wrestling. Are there any other storylines that, that caught you during our state championships that, that our listeners might be interested in knowing about, whether it's a coach or a student or a family? You, you kind of talked about a few of them already, but. Yeah, and I would, I would throw this out there. You're talking about neat storylines. You know, we had, we had a head wrestling coach this year that suffered a medical condition at a regular season tournament, a life-saving medical condition. That individual being able to completely recover from that and still be able to make it to Columbia to the state wrestling tournament and not just be able to watch his kids wrestle, but be in the corner coaching them was just absolutely remarkable. You know, our wrestling community knows who I'm talking about. And, you know, and, and we were all, you know, pulling hard for him during the whole month of December, really. And, you know, that's, that, that, that's one thing that sticks out to me, the number of coaches that were, that were reaching out and just communicating with him and being so encouraging to him and just thankful to be able to see him still there with us. And, and sharing the moment. You know, the, the wrestling community, Dorothy and I know this very well because we've been a part of it for so many years of our life, but I actually think I heard her write the statement sometimes that we're so competitively natured that I think one time she said, heck, sometimes we'll eat our own young. But, <laughs> but anyway, to, to kind of explain that a little bit, when the whistle blows, you, you, you don't see a group of people that's so competitive with each other for that six minutes. And then when it's all over and the smoke clears, we're hugging each other. We're shaking hands. We're, we're laughing, you know, we're crying at happy things and crying at sad things. And it's just hard to explain unless you have been embedded in that community and in that environment for so long to really be able to understand it. But it just continues to amaze me that we can be at the pure top of our emotional cliff during a match. And then when that match is over or that competition is over, it's like the fog clears and we're like normal people again and, and just love each other with all of our hearts. And that's, that's always been a special thing that I've found 
to really value being able to be a part of the wrestling community, not just at the state championships, but certainly including our state championships, but, but throughout the whole season. I want to shout out to the coaches, especially some of the wrestlers are able to do this, but the coaches, especially for their championship day fashion. I mean, come on. We've got some coaches who really step up. We have some who are kind of traditionalists as far as you can see a lot of suits out there on championship day. But then you, you see, some, you see some, some risks being taken on the fashion side. And maybe I won't go into a lot of details, but somebody described it to me. I thought it was great. The, the peacocking that happens among the, the coaches on championship day. There's, there, were some, there were some statements We'll say there were some statements out there. Some of the kids tried to do that, but when it comes down to it, you're you're wearing a singlet, you you're got you got to wrestle. And you know, I think it was Pleasant Hill. They had their they had their kind of their boxing robes, and you know, you had, you see a few things like that. But you don't see the fashion statements in every sport like you do for wrestling championship day. <laughs> I, I get the feeling there are those who are already planning their wardrobe for next year. You can look at some of those and know that you didn't decide that just this week, that you were going to do that. A little bit of everything out there. So, okay. So wrapping up, what's kind of kind of a final thought? Greg, your last one as assistant executive director. After 13 years, it was your last wrestling championship. Any kind of parting thoughts in reflection for this year's championship? I'm going to part with a comment that I've made several times and, I don't make I don't make this comment as a cliche. I make this comment because I believe it's true with 100% of my heart. And that comment is you're only as good as the people around you. And I've been extremely extremely lucky to have a huge group of incredible people that have been around me in this position that I've filled for 13 years. You can't put together a hundred plus workers on your own. You know, you can't administer all those people being in the right place at the right time, staying on task all the time by yourself. I, I could go on and on and on with people that, that I could thank. And, and the amazing thing is that how many of those faces don't change from year to year to year to year. They are wholeheartedly all in on supporting state wrestling championships. You know, a, a lot of times those faces fill in those roles, you know, start with that phone call or that email exchange between me and them. Hey, are you still on board? We still want to have you. But anyway, I just, I cannot believe the number of just great human beings that this sport has been able to introduce me to. I've been in the sport a long time, but a, a lot of times as wrestling folks, you kind of at times live in your geographical area or you, you, you get to know folks much better that maybe in your class that you're in and that you compete in and all these things. But the number of people, other people that's been out there in the wrestling community that maybe my path had not crossed yet with prior to coming to the office has just been amazing. But I just can't say enough about the people, the people, the people that make that state tournament go. 
a vast number of people that's outside of the Mish office. I've always had colleagues around me that's that's been there to help me with anything that I needed and, and support me in any way that I needed it. But there's a lot of outside of the Misha office people that are as 100% committed as anybody else to this state tournament every year. And for that, I've just been really thankful. Well, Greg, your leadership in the last 13 years was evident in the fact that we are in that time. We've added girls wrestling. We've now, we're now in two classes of girls wrestling. The second most, I, don't, I can't remember how do you say it. We're, this, we're number two in the, in the nation in the growth of girls wrestling in high school. And all those people come back because they love the sport and they love the people they get to work with and, and they love the leadership that appreciates them. You just said it's all about them. It's all about the people and those people who are, you know, giving of their time and their expertise and their really just commitment to kids and the sport every single year. So thank you for everything you've done in the last 13 years and before that as a, as a coach and a, and a person who loves the sport, loves the people involved in that sport. So it was evident this year that folks in the wrestling community are going to miss you and wanted to honor you in your last tournament. So Jason, Dorothy, do you have anything to add as we wrap this up? I, I think Dorothy was uh, was very correct there. The, the camaraderie that is in the wrestling community and even at the, the state championships, you know, I, I appreciate going to the wrestling championships because I'm one leaving? of the tallest people in the room at that point knowing that 95% of the people can turn me into a pretzel at the snap of a finger. But just the fact that, that we can joke and, and, and enjoy our time together, uh, even in that competitive nature, it does, does make this a special championship. It's a special championship for a lot of reasons. I mean, just there are over 1,300 high school kids who come to a state championships. They work all season long. It is a long, grueling season. There, there's winning and losing. There's winning matches you didn't think you were going to win. There are losing matches you really thought you were going to win. You're, we're new techniques and injuries and team dynamics and learning how to, to work together with your team, learning how to work with people you'd really rather not work with. All of those things that go into high school sports and the value for the development of an adolescent, they're doing all of that. So they go through our process and they qualify through our qualification process. And those qualifiers get to come to Mizzou Arena and they get to come together with the family that you keep talking about, the, the wrestling family, the wrestling community. And they're there with the community and we talk a lot about how special this event is and how it's great for the adults, but it's really great for these kids. And for some of them, it's their only time. It's the only time they're going to qualify for the state wrestling championships. And it is a really big deal. And then for some of them, they're going to be four-time state champions. And we've got everything in between. And for them to get to experience that, no matter where they land on that continuum, is, is a life-altering moment. And so I want to thank all of you for your participation in that event and that special situation for every one of those kids and coaches. But also thank you for talking to us about it today and helping those within the wrestling community kind of reminisce and for those outside of the wrestling community try to understand about what is a very special championship for the Missouri State High School Activities Association. And I want to thank you for listening to the Misha All Access podcast yet again today to learn about our wrestling championships.
This is Dr. Jennifer Ruxted, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.